Have you ever wondered how successful architecture, engineering, and construction companies scale their business? Or have you ever wanted guidance on how to get more growth, wealth, and freedom from your AEC company? Well, then you are in luck. Hi, I'm Will Forat. And I'm Justin Nagel, and we're your podcast hosts. We interview successful AEC business leaders to learn how they use people, process, and technology to scale their businesses. So sit back and get ready to learn from the industry's best. This is Building Scale. Before we start this episode, I want to ask you to do me a huge favor by liking, sharing, following the Building Scale podcast. Share it with your friends. Tell everybody knows. If you want to be a guest, also reach out. We have the best guests in the world. Know about Building Scale in the construction industry, AEC, just like our guest today, who is Mike Peters. Mike is a regional partner for Lair Homes Manitoba in Canada. With 20 years of experience in both on-site and off-site project management, Mike thrives on improving process and efficiency. Joining the Lair Homes team in 2017 provided Mike the opportunity to further contribute his expertise to his clients and community and build long-lasting relationships. For those of you who don't know, Lair is the largest, has the largest footprint of any premium home custom building and large-scale renovation company in the world. They run on a franchise model that we're going to talk about a bunch today. And finally, outside work, Mike and his wife usually are found fishing, quadding with friends, traveling, spending time with family, or enjoying some scenic camping. And Mike even was on vacation last week uh, out, out out of the Canadian country there. Uh, but he's back home now, and uh, we're excited to welcome him home and welcome him to the show. So, Mike. Welcome. Welcome. Thanks, guys. Happy to be here. Yeah, we were just saying before uh, we hit the record button that you are our first international uh, guest. So we we've broken we've broken the boundary outside of the states now. So welcome Canada to the Building Scale family. Yeah, it's exciting to be uh, the first Canadian on the show. Yeah, hopefully, I can uh, create some big shoes to fill. Yes. No. Absolutely. Very. Very. Very exciting. So. The first thing we always go into, tell us your origin story, Mike. Tell us what you're all about. Tell us how you got into construction and uh, tell us about Alaire. Yeah, the story story starts when I'm pretty young. Grew up on a farm in rural Manitoba. My dad built houses, you know, when he wasn't farming. And, you know, I, I was probably at age six to eight, you know, hanging out already on the on the job site, probably not cleaning up, you know, garbage, probably making garbage, but I remember dragging stuff home, building forts, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, <laughs> and uh, yeah, from, from that, just being in a family company pretty much up until I joined a lair. And, and so with that, yeah, I worked, worked with family, did, did everything from, you know, residential construction to, to like commercial construction, worked a bit outside of the family company for, for a stretch, you know, in, in some, uh, industrial mining industry um which was cool to experience but not really not really where i found my niche so got back into project management and with with my brother we were working with my dad in in the family company and kind of came to a crossroads where where it was time for for dad to start you know looking at scaling out and we were looking to scale in so we were putting together a bit of a plan with a family model as as most know that can be really complicated and at the same time that we were we were kind of investigating that that path uh we connected with Alaire and Alaire looked at their or showed us you know new and unique path you know to to where we could take the construction company and and how we could you know scale uh a partnership in in Alaire so we we looked at uh, at that model and and kind of you know decided that you know hey it, it looks good but you know we want to kind of stick with dad here you know he's he's got a plan and he's worked hard to build up the company and at the end of the day after a lot of discussions you know it was actually our dad that pushed us and said hey guys you know this this is new this is like it's really unique I don't think that you'll ever be able to do this with with the company that you know we've been working at, let me scale the company down and and why don't you and Corey? Corey's my business partner and brother. Uh, why don't why don't you go and try this with Alaire and, and see where it goes? So 
seven years ago, Corey and I partnered up and started a Allaire Homes office in Brandon, Manitoba. And uh, it's been just an awesome experience since then. It's really interesting that your dad is who said, don't take the family business to, to the stratosphere, essentially. He was very rational and said, hey, like, this is an amazing opportunity and you should totally take it. I feel like there's a lot of pride when it comes to any any family business, right? And good for him for like saying like, boys, like this just makes more sense. Like, don't get me wrong. I want, you know, to, to the family name and and company to go on for the next, you know, 800 years. But like in reality, like this is the thing that makes sense. Yeah. And he, I mean, he's your textbook, old school entrepreneur that, you know, everything lives in his head. Right. And so he did all the accounting. He could, you know, he could do the taxes. He could figure out how to market. He could do all the things. And and for Corey and I, we we came up, you know, working in the field and we had, you know, a lot of confidence in the construction industry. However, we hadn't done all that other stuff. And it was a little bit daunting for us, you know, even to think about taking over a family company, you know, basically dad could never leave if if we were to continue down that path. We we didn't really have a scalable business in, in that sense. And and most don't, right? If unless you're planning for it. When when we were looking at the Allaire Homes option, you know, that that was probably one of the most attractive pieces was uh, a home office that created you know teams to help assist you in those areas where you know you didn't have experience or confidence in so you know while we were able to focus on what we were confident in with project management and the technical side of construction and growing that part of the business we had a accounting team and a marketing team you know and a leadership team that was helping us grow our business in in the areas where where we had less experience and for us, that was just, you know, something we we had never even thought of as an option. And and definitely, you know, as we got into it, it was it was what allowed us to find the success, you know, that we have today. Is that was that the biggest motivator to say, yeah, this is this is the path we want to go down or the, the, the team kind of aspect? Uh, it was part of it. I think, you know, at the time for Corey, there was different things that attracted him to it than than there was for myself. For for me, being more hands on in the construction, I, I was I'm a very process based person, and and so when when I was looking at a layer and and some of the processes that they had laid out in their model, that I found really attractive. It's it's hard to build, you know, a ops manual for any business, right? And and have SOPs, you know, that are laid out and and make sense, and that is something that. Alair really nailed, you know, they, they nailed a good foundation. It, it wasn't every process, but it was a lot of the process that we need in, in our businesses to, you know, to run a construction company. And then the processes that we need, you know, from the day we sign a client onto project planning all the way into, you know, the warranty stage. And so when I, when I saw the, uh, the opportunity there, you know, with a good foundation, it, it was really attractive and, and that's really what probably hooked me into uh, into moving forward with the layer. Nice. Okay. What? So those are the things you knew from the outside going in, right? It's, it, there's always the well. These are the reasons that make sense. You seem very happy six years later. What were the things that were hidden? Like what were the like the hidden surprises that you're like, oh my god, this is amazing. I'm so glad I made this decision. I think for both uh, Corey and I, we we hadn't had a lot of experience working with clients directly. And so as we get into business, we're like, okay, you know, a little bit after the honeymoon stage is over, it's like, okay, now, now we actually have to get out there and we have to network and we have to, we have to build a reputation and and we have to meet clients and, you know, we need to follow through with, you know, our promise and we need to learn how to, to navigate through some of the mistakes we're going to make too. And, I mean, you can only teach so much, right? And and some of these things are, you know, are the hard lessons that you got to learn as a young entrepreneur. And so there was there was a few, you know, unforeseens that way that that we helped or that we had to navigate through. But you know, looking back, they definitely weren't huge hurdles. And all of our first projects were with just amazing clients that were very forgiving in understanding that, hey, you, you know, we we know you guys are are trying your hardest. 
you know, we understand that there's going to be mistakes. It's, it's just maybe how, how we navigate through and how we solve those problems is, is going to be how we're going to judge you. And, and so they, they worked well with us and the, the business development side was probably the biggest stretch for us to, to really learn and, and get confident. in. we have, in Alaire, we have an amazing partner coach uh, who coaches us on sales and, and business development. His name's Adam McKay. And, and he's uh, just been integral in in helping us get there with our confidence and and really work our markets and work at networking. So, right, cool, awesome. So you mentioned something when we were going through the pre-interview process that so six years of the layer under the umbrella, uh, and you haven't lost, uh, or you haven't had anybody leave. Uh, so re- retention and finding good people is a big deal right now through the industry, as you know. How? What's your secrets? Tell tell the world your secrets upon keeping great people. Yeah, I mean, first off, we have great people. We're able to we're able to attract the right people, you know, into the right seats, and that doesn't always happen. I mean, turnover in companies is is a natural thing, and it doesn't matter how successful. Uh, you are and and how good your culture is uh we've we've just been fortunate enough to have the same team and the same growing team for for the last six years a couple of of the first two employees that we hired i had relationship with prior to alaire uh one of them i i worked with in in the uh legacy company trevor keller and he's he's now our operations manager so bringing him on was was easy we had that relationship i i knew his skill set uh we we kind of came back at a time when it worked well for both of us to to look at the alaire venture uh together so that that was really unique and and kyle newfelt is our general manager now and and he was a second person that we brought it into the company and again came came from uh owning his own company for you know about 10 years looking to maybe create a bit more uh, certainty in his work-life balance and it just worked out the timing you know to come into Alaire and again had relationship with with him prior to Alaire so with that and and the growth we were really able to establish uh, some strong foundation in in our process in the Brandon office and and therefore you know attract and really know the the kind of project managers that we wanted to attract you know moving forward so lucked out with with hiring uh some more individuals you know over the past few years and so far have been able to you know keep them happy i think <laughs> and you know try and create a culture that they want to you know they want to be around and and that's really been something we focused on over the last year we've been working on what we call a people plan and it's not it's not something that uh that we invented it it's it's actually you know something that we heard through through uh you know networking within within the Alaire family but we we picked up on this people plan and really just kind of critiqued it to to what we needed and and really it's more a retention and culture plan than anything and and just spent more time really focusing on how many how many uh, quarterly events do we need to have as a team, you know, to build culture and how do we integrate our team into, you know, business planning? How do we, how do we bring them into EOS and, and really help, help them be a part of planning the future of the company and, and having that purpose. And so that's something we spend a lot of, or put a lot of effort towards. And, and I think it pays off and, and really just spending the time listening to what, what each individual in the company wants, you know, out of their work life and and personal life, and and trying to do our best to to navigate and you know fulfill that. So, so has your company always been on EOS uh, entrepreneurial entrepreneurial operating system? No. So the Brandon the Brandon office has been operating uh, under EOS for three years now. EOS was was. Uh, I'd say brought into a lair or introduced into a lair um, by by a guy named Dwayne Johns. He's a regional partner in in North Carolina. He has probably been operating under EOS for you know five years, if not more. And and it took a little while to catch, but he was the one that introduced uh, EOS to a lot of the partners in in the company. And and you know as we we're all kind of at that stage where we got our businesses up and running, 
realized, Hey, how do we actually grow? Um, you know, in, in a big way. And it's been, uh, a phenomenal journey since we since we really bought into EOS and and introduced that into our day to day. I can definitely look back and and draw a line, you know, in terms of where our growth and organized growth and structured growth really started to happen for us. So that is super cool. We're an EOS EOS company too. Our listeners probably hear us like a broken record. Like if you've not, if you not like haven't looked at EOS yet, like just looked at it. If you're a business owner, just look at it. Just like take a peek. Like just get a 90 minute meeting. I'm telling you, I, I feel like a little bit like it, it, I'm a cult I'm a cult leader or something here trying to do this. But no, it is unbelievable the things <laughs> it does for your business. So when when you're going through the this process, the U.S. process, obviously core values being a thing. How did how did that process go? Uh, originally, we we kind of dabbled in EOS for like six months and kind of did it. And anybody that has lived in EOS knows that you cannot have one foot in, one foot out. Right? It's it's an all in you know system. <laughs> so when when we finally said, okay, we should actually read the book, <laughs> you know, and and we should we should actually you know, sit down and have a two day planning meeting, you know, as a team and just do it the way, you know, the book traction lays out. Right. And when we did that, that changed everything. We, we at the time had, uh, had some coaches within a layer that were helping, you know, offices really integrated as well. So that definitely helped us and, and then getting external, you know, integrators to, to help us, you know, learn and, and just, maybe make the parallels that we needed. Yeah, it it, uh, it was super exciting to actually do it. And now living in it as a team, it's it's a language that everybody, you know, in our office knows. And, you know, we're constantly, whether it's, you know, at, at a leadership level, uh, in an operation level, we're, we're constantly looking at, you know, our rocks, um, goals, you know, for the year, we are scorecarding, you know, everything. And, and everything is almost an L10 meeting. I, I try my hardest not to even bring that home because my, my wife and I joke, it's like, Hey, is this an L10 meeting or, or are we just having supper? (laughs) (laughs) Our implementer is hardcore. He's super hardcore at EOS. Uh, Dan Zwecki, we've actually had him on the show and he like runs his family this way. And I'm like that it's, it's, it, it, for him, it makes tons of sense. Like if you know who Dan is, because he's, you know, he is just, Dan, Dan's wacky and uh, it makes sense for him. But I do find that like, oh yeah, like I don't necessarily want to have a level 10 meeting at dinner. Like that's not, you know, I want to have family time too. So I, I totally could see how that, that crossover is. So uh, do you guys do a theme for the year? That's a big thing that we, we implemented in three years ago. Well, something like that. It, it having a theme for the year. Yeah. About three years. Yep. Is so impactful. It's unbelievably impactful. Is that something you guys do? Yeah, it's, it's funny you ask. I never really thought about it as a theme, you know, I guess, but thinking of, you know, our, and, and we're on a calendar year. And so we just, we just had our annual planning, you know, back in December and, mm-hmm. and we're starting the year off. When I think back to how those meetings went, uh, a lot of it had to do with accountability and, and it was mm-hmm. accountability, you know, at a, at a leadership level, it was accountability to our clients. And I mean, basically everything around our goals had something to do with just being accountable. Mm-hmm. So I would say our theme for this year is, is accountability and, you know, with good accountability, I mean, it's amazing how, how quickly or, or how much better focus you can have on your goals. Right. And, and actually seeing the traction that you need. Yeah. The, uh, I, I believe uh, Justin Bream, who is an actual connection uh, of the two of us, uh, he in his book, whichever his newest book is, and I apologize, Justin, if you listen to this, because I don't have the name of your book off the top of my head. Epic Life. Epic Life. Epic Life. Epic Life. I, ju- I went through it, and one of the chapters is talking about like naming your year, like same concept of it. And it is, it's wild how much if you just name your year or uh, create a theme, how much you focus on it. Last year for us uh, at Spot, it was um relationships and across the board like everybody in the company like made strides at relationships that was so unbelievably helpful for the business so mike you had said you had said to us a a little while back first talked about creating freedom with the team was revolutionary for you 
right? Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, I mean, you know, Lair's motto is living better starts here. And, you know, some some may take that as a, a marketing pitch, but it's not. It's it's actually about it's about the people, you know, working within, you know, a lair. So with with our team, nine times out of ten, when you ask somebody, you know, what didn't work in their last job, it's it's a lack of freedom. Maybe it was a lack of freedom professionally or or it's a lack of freedom personally that they weren't able to accomplish, you know, the goals that they had in, in either of those avenues. And so one one of the things I mean that is crucial to the success of any individual is is freedom in whatever it is that they want. And that can be freedom of time or or finances and you know, freedom to spend time with family. Um, I'll use I'll use Kyle, our general manager, as an example. You know, he when he was running his business, it just so happened that there was no work, you know, where his family lived and he was on the road, you know, six days a week and, you know, missed missed many years of, of you know, his kids upbringing, right? Being being in that kind of a work-life balance. So when he was looking at a layer, I mean, that was that was one of the crucial things was he needed freedom of time. And he needed to be home, you know, every night to tuck his kids in. And it was, it was almost less about money or, or that than it was about, you know, his personal time with his family. So free, freedom is hugely important. We, we all, you know, sometimes it's, it's freedom of finances that allows us to have, you know, the freedom of time or, or vice versa. But it's, it's super important to understand, I guess, what each individual is is trying to achieve and and you know the grassroots of it it's always something to do with freedom so you had so you're on eos um you're creating freedom which is actually a thing that we like to talk about on uh on building scale there's something that you had not talked about you talked to us in the pre-interview which is uh which i found actually very interesting why do you try to not create policies even though EOS is very structural, right? Um, and you want to sort of have everything followed by all, you had actually said something that's counter counterintuitive really to scale. Why do you try not to create policies? Yeah, and I think I think when we were talking about that, it was it was about the internal policies, you know, within within the business, right? I'll, I'll parallel it to you know, government and laws, right? It just seems like laws keep getting made or made or made, right? And, but not ever get taken away. <laughs> and, and I, I, I know, you know, even in, in our, in our legacy company, we had a lot of policies. It was like, anytime a decision needs to be made, there was a policy for it. And, and it, it started to feel a little bit corporate. And that wasn't the, that wasn't the environment or the culture that, that we wanted to have in, in a layer. So, as Corey and I started to, you know, build out the company, we just decided, you know what, we don't need to create a policy. Sure, we can have an SOP for something, or we, we can create some checklists, you know, that kind of stuff. But when it when it comes down to it, trust is hugely important, you know, in a company culture. And if we can avoid having a policy, we we do our best to do that. I would say, I mean, I don't think I can, I don't think we have eight policies in the company because we just have an understanding or an expectation made on everything that doesn't need to be, you know, written out as a policy. And I'm not sure, Will, if that answers, you know, your question or not, but. Well, one of the things that uh, you talked about also from frameworks and expectation was the iterations. Uh, You talked a little bit about, whereas creating policies versus kind of applying it so that you're still doing better, but without the hard written rules, sort of to be less corporate-y. You want to talk about that? Yeah. Yeah. And I and I think that actually, you know, stands for for the company nationally. Like every everyone gets from point A to point B in a different way. And that's that's one of the freedoms in a layer is is that sure there there is there's a foundation of of process so there's a foundation of of steps to to get there however there's some incredibly intelligent project managers in a layer that they just might get there in a little bit different of a way and that's that's a freedom that we want to encourage we want to encourage innovation we want to you know encourage 
PMs to make mistakes too. And that's how we're going to figure out, you know, how to navigate, you know, into a, a place in a different way. So I think uh, for us, for us, we want to do our best to allow, you know, for that innovation, um, but not necessarily say this is the 10 steps, you know, that you need to take to get there, right? Here, Here's the foundational important items that you know tie to our values and and these are the these are the uh boundaries that we got to stay within but at the end of the day here here's how we here's the outcome that we need you know let's just get there much more framework kind of based in comparison to you know but i feel like in pirates of the caribbean they talk about like pirate rules and it's like well it's more of a framework yeah it's you know like it's like rules are meant to be broken especially by pirates but like uh like it's like it's more of like guidelines like you know just you know color within the lines but color any way you want yeah and i i was actually in wisconsin um at a leadership retreat a while back and and the guy that came in and and spoke with us i I believe the way he said it was you know policies are, are created policies and procedures are created to to guide the week you know when you have top performers they don't need you know a rule book they don't they don't necessarily always need a guide they they just need to know where to start and where they need to end right and and they'll get there and so i think that that's something that we're learning in hilarious is we're attracting these amazing individuals with with incredible talent and we're actually learning as much from each other you know just in, just in working with each other and watching each other that you can't, you can't write the script on that. You, you got to let it happen and, and let everybody freely, you know, um, utilize their, their experience and, and their expert, their expertise. It's, it's kind of highest and best use, you know, putting people in the right seats, right? Right. People, right seats, right. People, right seats. <laughs> RPRS. So one of the things, uh, I love that you're talking about in frameworks, right? So can you give me some examples of iterations of frameworks, things that you sort of improved upon, right? Because sometimes frameworks themselves, they're a good starting point, but they could be better. And that improvement helps really the, you know, the 1%, 1% a day type of improvements, even a couple percent in a quarter could be huge for the company. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about what some what are some of the things that you iterated through in some of your frameworks? Yeah, so for for example, project planning. Project planning is something that we spend probably half the time with our clients in in our total relationship. Um, we spend you know half that time planning out a project because a well planned project you know is is going to execute mm-hmm. um, so much more positively, right? One one thing that you know, we started with was a really good framework on the steps to get through project planning. Um, lots of checklists, you know, schedule templates, all the things. Then the market shifted and and all of a sudden, you know, COVID came or, you know, these ups and downs with, with commodities. And we realized, okay, that, that framework needs to pivot a bit or, you know, we need to loosen up, you know, some of the, some of the process that we have so I think that's really where where we started to work on. Okay, our project plans are taking a little bit too long. You know, we need we need to figure out how to streamline this, and and we started to work backwards or just be more innovative, take away you know some of the steps that maybe just weren't relevant anymore. And it's those kind of things. That's you know, it's a kind of a broad example, but it's those kind of things that we're constantly working at. Right, we're taking a look back, going, okay, there, there's a reason why you know this this framework was put in place, but let's just have a look at, you know, what it, what is, you know, the current, you know, economy or, or the current clientele, you know, needing, and, and maybe this just needs to be adjusted a bit. And that's, that's the kind of stuff that our ops teams are constantly trying to improve on because the, the last thing anybody wants to be stuck in is, is doing something, you know, that you, you kind of forget the why behind it. And, and it's not maybe necessarily as important. So you got to just pivot and, and learn, you know, and, and adopt. So. No, I mean, I think that makes sense. It's, it's, you know, evolve when things change and, and be okay with that. I think that those are the companies that learn uh, scale, right? It's not, you set a, you set a 
framework or policy in place. It's you have to you take your shot at it. And then when things change, you adjust. And that's how like that's how you can keep building and building and building. One uh one thing that you had mentioned uh initiative wise that you guys were doing was a salary bonus structure kind of plan. Take us through that thought process of like, okay, we want to make some adjustments and here here's our first shot at it in 2022. You know, we were talking about this. That's that's one thing I wish others in in the industry would share more openly about what you know is working with with bonus you know systems or or bonus plans in their companies because it doesn't seem to be a lot of information out there you know on on the effectiveness of a bonus plan. But in in 2022, we decided, hey, we we really want to reward everyone on the team, you know, for for you know, accomplishing the goals that we have, you know, set out for the year. And, and, you know, we listened to, you know, some podcasts and, and Corey and I did some research on it and just decided, okay, well, we're, we're going to come up with a bonus structure, you know, for the company. It's going to be based, uh, you know, off a percentage of salary. Half of that total percentage is going to be team oriented or team related goals. The other half is going to be, is going to be individual. And, you know, we, we went at it. We, we brought the whole team in, laid it out. Everybody was for it, kind of managed it. Okay. You know, throughout the year, but what, you know, you get to 2023 and you're like, okay, let's take a look at this. You know, it's time to evaluate <laughs> it. Sure. And there really wasn't like expectations around it either. Cause it was our first year, right? We're, we're, we're just, you know, it was kind of like trial and error. And so we get to, you know, beginning of 2023 and we're looking back at the year and it's like, hmm, some, some of these measurables don't quite make sense. You know, we didn't quite think out or, or think about, you know, how we're going to look back and, and actually measure these things. And, and at the end of the day, it, it wasn't all bad. We learned a lot. What we found was that moving into 2023, we're actually just revamping what that looks like, you know, for the team. And, we're, we're going to keep the goals, you know, basically tied directly to our, our, our EOS goals for the year where they seem to maybe just veer off a little bit to, to uh, the individual goals that maybe just didn't really affect what we were trying to achieve as a company. So we had decided to do that, but really just pick about four or five of, of the important goals that were team uh, related. And so this year our, our, our bonus plan is based on complete team uh, related goals and the ops team really has the most effect on, on those. So they're in their L10 meetings, they're going to be going through and they're all, all the measurables are listed on the scorecard and, and they're going to be looking at that on, on a weekly basis so that we don't have to manage it. It's more just, it's accountability, right? And that's what the scorecard's for. And, in that it's, it gives everyone, you know, on the team, the ability to, you know, help lift somebody up if, if they're, if, you know, a project they're, they're doing maybe is, is affecting the team goal in a negative way. Everybody can jump in, help out. And we're hoping that, you know, after 2023, it really helps the culture that, that we hope to achieve, you know, and, and then still be able to reward the team for, for doing an awesome job and, and, you know, committing to, to achieving the goals that we all set out to have. Well, so measurables are super important because, especially if you're on the same page, right? Because it helps, I think both from a managerial perspective, as well as an employee perspective, be on that same page to know if you're doing well or not well, right? So especially if you have a bonus structure on it, if you have a bonus structure, that's uh, more, discretionary, like, eh, I like you a little bit more. Uh, I feel recently you've done a, a little bit more, you know, a little bit more, whereas someone that maybe is having a bad time for the past month, but for the other 11 months was like doing awesome, like A plus, that can be a great, especially the discretionary side, that can be a great way to sort of ruin that, uh, that relationship, right? So mm-hmm. just based on, have you seen or observed any behavior that helps uh, that has changed because of this without saying anything, especially from the employee side. I think uh, what we found was that some of the team goals, the people that were, were leading and managing 
those goals were really passionate, but not everybody necessarily lived in that day to day. So they, they weren't really following along or, or as passionate. Right. And then if you didn't actually visit it on a weekly basis, if you're visiting on a quarterly basis, you know, it just, it was kind of like, Oh yeah, right. We're doing that. Right. And that's our goal or, or that's what the the bonus is based on. So what we found was trying, trying to pick goals that were going to impact the company in a, in a positive way. I mean, there's always profitability or revenue goals, right. But there's, there's things that are going to just naturally affect that. So client experience or, or operational excellence. I mean, a lot of our goals this year are based on operational excellence and, and internal accountability. So it's really easy to pick out the things that, that we can put measurables around, you know, on those and, and then everybody is is more engaged. They they want to you know be a part of of moving that needle, part of that traction. So it's finding the measurables that are that are engaging, I think, and and trying to trying to keep everyone excited, you know, about moving the needle on that goal because it feels good. I mean, there there's an anybody out there that doesn't love to be able to say they hit a goal, and I think it's even more fun when it's when it's a team effort, right? So. Yeah, I think there's two things that that come in in play here. One, the team aspect of it, which is amazing, right? Because now there is a inherent cultural collaboration component that goes to this, which just feeds the system, right? Like if if mm-hmm. if you can if you can collaborate with the entire team, and then there's an obvious prize at the end of being a good collaborator with this. That that makes just team building inherent, right? Like that's really cool. I also uh, would say not having a, a formal structure in place or not having an actual program in place does create like more confusion than it than it doesn't. A lot of companies will just say, you know, you did a good job this year based on my gut. So here's, you know, five grand, 10 grand, whatever the amount is, right? Here you go, you know, you know, Merry Christmas or, you know, happy holidays or whatever it is. But there, I mean, there's tons of research that show that like that actually doesn't help like when you're looking at performance because nobody has an idea of why they're getting the prize. It's like if you mm-hmm. just randomly walk down the street and somebody handed you, you know, a thousand dollars, you'd be like, great, a thousand, wonderful thousand dollars. But how do I get another thousand dollars? Like how, how could I have gotten two thousand dollars? Like what, what are the, what are the levers I need to pull as an individual to be better to then get to the the next level? Uh, and when you don't have anything in place, it, it creates more confusion than it actually is beneficial. I mean, totally pay your people right. Like, don't give me like, don't hold back on your people. But if you do it in a way that is actually measurable and shows them why the reason, it always has a benefit. So it's really cool that you're you're implementing this and putting this in place right now. Yeah, and and learning. You know, we're we're learning as a team. I mean, we're pretty open about that as we as we've been discussing. You know, what 2023 could look like and and asking the team, you know, how they see, you know, a, a program like this, because that's also something that we're, we're learning a lot about is, is the, you know, working in a intergenerational workforce now, right? We have, we have different generations that, that look through um, life in a different lens. And Mm -hmm. so we got to ask them the questions. I mean, unless you, unless you're an expert at it, um, you have to ask them, you know, how they see it to truly understand what's going to motivate them too. So. Oh, definitely. Definitely. So I want to switch gears here for a second because we haven't talked to too many franchises in, especially on the franchisee side. So do you have any competitive advantages when it comes to technology? Obviously there's a lot of competitive advantages to franchising model, like SOPs, right, and having those frameworks and uh, procedures because you can learn from each other on a kind of a quicker, faster scale, and some of the things are already done for you. What about on the technology side? Got any technology competitive edges there? Yeah, you know, layer probably seven, well, I should say 10 years ago, uh, started to develop their own project management software. And and that's the software that we all live live in. You know, we are including our clients, um, market partners. So that that software is, has been able to, you know, help us keep that commonality, you know, amongst our, our different businesses. It, uh, it's unique to, to Allaire um, and to Allaire's process 
which which for us, you know, as as a company, definitely gives us an advantage, you know, to to our competitors, right? Where whereas some of our competitors are all using the same software or or using the same project management software. So that's that's definitely been uh, unique unique to us, and and you know, our our home office has done a good job at you know keeping that software upgraded, you know, being innovative. You know, there's there's all kinds of different avenues that that I know we're planning to go on with it, and and I mean that's that's just exciting, right? And so it's it's been unique for us to to have a software that we know I can call any partner in North America, and they're using the same software. And and you know if I have a question or I'm I'm new coming into a layer, I mean it's it's easy to get the help, uh, get the training, um, get the support versus you know, the alternative, if we're all using, you know, different, different programs, it, it would be a little bit messy. When you're, when Alaire's thinking about new software, so obviously you got your project software, but the construction industry is full of software. I mean, there's tons of different software. How Mm -hmm. do you, how do they go about, or how do you go about choosing new software? Like what's the process? Our leadership team has a really good handle on this and our our leadership team at, at home office our our founder Blair McDaniel, you know, has been, you know, at the front of of Alaire's innovation, you know, since the beginning, obviously. And he, uh, you know, he does a ton of research. Him and his team, you know, they do a ton of research in terms of where you know where the company needs to pivot, where we need to go. He puts the right people in the right seats to to discover, you know, what it is, where the gaps are you know, in say our current process or current software. And, and so as changes, you know, are, are being made as, you know, new ideas or, or new software ideas are, are being discovered, you know, that's the team that's, that's really doing the investigation and, and mapping out, you know, what's going to work. And then Alaire does a good job of, of including, you know, the partners, the project managers out in the field, you know, that are living in, in you know these processes or living in softwares you know to be a part of those conversations and collaborate you know on on the direction of where we're going so it's i i don't envy you know our our is team in in any way like they they have uh tough shoes to fill in in terms of you know keeping keeping the software vehicle going down a, a road that keeps everyone happy but they do a really good job at it and and i know we're you know, we're living in a world of technology and it's advancing so quickly. You know, I'm, I'm pretty excited to be, uh, to be a part of the company and, and have that, you know, that IS team, you know, just, just really navigating all that for us. Cause it's a daunting uh, task for sure. Yeah. That's another place where a lot of, uh, you know, business owners need to be in, involved in this process and to, to make those technology decisions right like that this is how it works so it's cool that you're having a dedicated team like you know like most most companies don't have that until you get to a unbelievably enormous size that like you you're you're big enough to have a full department that is dedicated to like all right well what software is what um you know how should we move data around like all those kind of things so um interesting another uh, having that home base, right? To have have the power in numbers kind of value. Mm-hmm. When you guys change, I mean, how often do you guys change processes? And does the software or do you have the ability in your software to change along with your processes? Does that happen? Yeah, yeah, it totally happens. I mean, this Alaire is very, it's a very collaborative group you know, of individuals, right. Um, individual offices, individual construction companies, and, and we're, we're always masterminding, you know, everything, multiple calls happening weekly, monthly, you know, gatherings, you know, quarterly, annually, where, where we're workshopping current processes, where we're, you know, evolving, you know, from, from where we were. And, and I know, you know, one of my, uh, mentors and 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 business partners dave young always tells me like what got us here won't get us there right and and so th- those are the kind of discussions or that's the mindset that happens you know in those in those masterminds i think uh the processes change 
there is there is you know a process for changing process obviously because because there's a commonality you know amongst all of the the uh, partners within Alaire and and you know we we have uh, our our COO Stu Hopewell uh, you know we joke and call him the hammer but he does a really good job at at filtering all of that uh, him and him and his ops team you know are are the filter to to make sure that hey that that doesn't sway us from from the the foundation uh, from from the values that that we need to you know stay stay close to and and their team is the one that kind of helps you know say hey this this is what we need to change or this is you know where we're going next right so I know it doesn't seem like things change every day but when you look back in hindsight it's like wow we've come a long way you know from from uh, you know where we started and I I know talking to some of the early uh, early partners in Hilaire I mean they 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 didn't have all this you know everything that we have now when they came in right I mean it, it was a totally different time so good perspective to look back but it's even more fun to look forward speaking of perspective i think this is a great time to ask our question we'd like to ask all of our guests <laughs> if you could go back in time 20 years what would you tell yourself well i knew you're gonna ask this because i've been listening to your podcasts and and I, I i saw you're asking everyone that's the best answer by the way you're listening to the podcast love that love that <laughs> So thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, no, I, I love your guys' podcast. It's it's been uh, it's been great to uh, be introduced to a new podcast and and dig into some of your past episodes. It's been great. I think uh, we appreciate that a whole bunch, Mike. You know, I think when I when I think back to my twenty year old self, I, I would tell myself to take more chances, be less fearful. You know, of of life. You know, whether that's even personally or or professionally. I can I can remember or you know in in hindsight it's easy to look back and go why didn't I just do that like you know that that would have been so cool if I would have taken that at you know opportunity right and and not you know weighed necessarily the the risk you know at the time because I was carrying a lot less responsibility in my 20 year you know my 20 year old self was carrying a lot less responsibility the other thing though that I think would have influenced things uh a, a lot more for me was just reading more. I would, I would have told my 20 year old self start reading books that honestly, I, you know, I'm not embarrassed to say it, it didn't start happening until you know, I was in my thirties um, that I actually started reading again. I probably didn't, I probably didn't read a book between, you know, the time I was 18 or out of school and, and, you know, until my thirties and I, I just didn't see the value and I didn't enjoy it. And, and that's something that I've changed a lot since. However, the, the knowledge I've gained from that, would have been great in navigating life, you know, at a younger age. So just, just for clarity's sake, when you say reading more books, are we talking like Harry Potter or are we talking about something else here? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think, you know, reading and, and maybe they weren't, you know, maybe the circles I was hanging out with too, you know, weren't, maybe there weren't a lot of readers, you know, back then too, that I would have had some of these, you know, Dan Sullivan books, you know, available or, or, you know, the, the self-help or self-development books. Right. But those, those are the books that, uh, that I probably could have used um, back then as I was, you know, navigating a young, you know, career in the world of construction and, you know, being a leader, even though I didn't know I was really a leader, you know, maybe I was a foreman on the tools and not realizing how much impact I had on, on people's lives. I, I probably could have used some of those tools uh, out of the toolbox that, that I'm now learning. Right. And so I, I enjoy reading. It's, it's something uh, that, you know, I've learned to do, um, but I wish I would have done more of, of it earlier on in life. Love the perspective. Hey, you're, you're speaking my language because I didn't really start reading until last year uh, to, to give perspective. So also in my 30s, uh, literally grabbed up three books that are sitting next to me right now. So I got some recommendations for you. Uh, certainly uh, excited uh, to you know have a, a book club friend, as they say. So uh, really excited about that. On that note, you know, another thing we picked up uh, down in, in Wisconsin was book clubs and and I know new, numerous companies now have book clubs and it was something we never thought of and 
And in the Brandon office, we we adopted that this year and and came up with uh, ten books, you know, for a team to read. And you know, there's there's a financial reward, you know, for doing that. But uh, you know, we've we've got incredible buy-in into this, you know, voluntary, you know, initiative. And and so anybody that's ever looking at at doing that in a company, it's 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 awesome culture-wise. It's awesome for self-development of of the individuals and. And some pe- sometimes people just don't know which books to read. So getting a, a good list that, you know, we picked it, it kind of aligns with our, our core values, you know, in the company. And, and that's how we started. And, and that'll evolve as, as we go. But definitely look into uh, doing something like that. I just, uh, one of my friends was uh, visiting us this past weekend and uh, she works for an engineering firm, so a civil engineering firm, and they do something very similar to that where it's a book club where there's a book a month that they read. I'm not sure if there's a uh, financial compensation, which that makes it even more attractive, I feel, but nonetheless, uh, and I was listing a bunch of books I read last year. She's like, yep, that was on the list. Yep, that was on the list. Yep, that was on the list. So I was like, oh my God, yeah, that, that's awesome. It's a good idea to have a book club in your company. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to tell the people before we go? Yeah, I, I think uh, you know, I've I've enjoyed this conversation with you guys today. I mean, it felt pretty uh felt pretty natural and and uh you know, always always learning. So, you know, thank you guys for for, you know, taking the time to put out a podcast and and help uh, you know, share everybody's stories and and you know, it's it's uh it's definitely unique, you know, to just be open and and transparent like that. So good job and kudos to you guys. Well, thank you. Uh, thank you again. You are too kind, Mike. You, you've given us far too many compliments. Our, our egos are already uh, too big. So don't, you got to stop it. I won't be able to fit out the door later. Awesome. I will drop in all of your social uh, links and everything for Lair and you uh, in the comments. If somebody wants to get a hold of you to talk to you, is there a good way to do that? Yeah, you can, uh, go to uh, alairhomes.com and uh, mm-hmm. my email is mike.peters at alairhomes.ca. So feel free to reach out if uh, you got any questions about anything we talked about today. Awesome. 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 I'll drop that in the show notes as well. And that, that's all we got for today. So uh, and listeners until next time. Adios. Adios. Thank you for joining us today and listening to this episode. If this episode did help you, then be sure to share it with someone else who needs to hear it. If you want to be a guest on the podcast or looking for additional help on your journey to find more wealth, scale, and freedom in your AEC company, visit our AEC resources page at spotmigration.com backslash AEC hyphen resources. resources.